watching to us today. Give it up for her. Thank you, Lauren. Good morning, Midtown. It's so good to see you guys. So glad that you came this morning. I feel like God's got a word for us that he's given to, to me to share. And uh, just believing that our hearts are going to be open and receptive and that he's going to speak to every single person right where you're at. Before we go there, though, I don't want to forget, I don't think the Fishers are in this service either. I think they're traveling. But we, uh, another announcement is we have a partner, um, one of our global partners that we uh, support and we pray for and we have relationship with in Asia. They're they're based in a, in a country in Asia. I won't say the country just for security purposes, but they are home for a few weeks, um, and they'll be back here on the 9th, and I believe next week as well. But they have their whole family here, and they wanted the opportunity just to gather together and to share what they do and the nation that they've been called to. So if you love Asia or if you feel the Lord's heart for uh, the nations of the earth, or even if you're just like, you know what, I don't care about any of that, but I just want to be more supportive to our global partners, come on out Thursday night, uh, July, I believe that's 6th, July 6th um, at 6.30 p.m. It'll be in one of the rooms here. They're going to have a dessert. They're going to sit down. You can meet them. You can ask questions. They're going to share what they do. I actually got to go visit them last February, this past February, and get to meet the churches that they're working with and the believers they're working with and hear about the impact they're making. And they are doing amazing things. God is at work in the nations of the earth. I'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, but I want to invite you to come and to meet them and to support them on Thursday, July 6th and at 6.30 p.m. All right? Awesome. Well, let's go ahead. I'm going to open us up in prayer. Then we're going to get right into the word. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, thank you for the privilege of getting to stand up here and proclaim your goodness and proclaim your word to your people. God, what an honor that is for me. And Lord, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would come right now, would open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds to receive what it is you want to say to us. Father, just as I said for service, I say it again, Lord, everything that is of me, God, may it fall to the ground and, and bear no fruit. But Lord, everything that is of the Spirit, may it go deep into every heart. May the seed go down, may it be nurtured, and may it, may it uh, reap a great harvest. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to open up in Psalm 127, verses 1 through 2. <laughs> 1 and 2. All right. Here we go. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. The emphasis I want to put on this morning is the first verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. I want to jump, go ahead and jump to another scripture, Proverbs 24, 3 through 4. Proverbs 24, it says, By wisdom a house is built. Through understanding it is established, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. The word of the Lord today is God, the builder God, is at work in our lives individually, and he's at work in our lives corporately. And I believe there's two words that he's given me this morning. The first one is for individuals in the house. And this first word is that the Father is restoring the broken places in your foundations. So we all kind of grew, grew up with a foundation in our life. 
A lot of that foundation has come from the family we grew up in, maybe the faith we grew up in, maybe the church we grew up in, the community, the history, our story. All that kind of goes into the foundation of who we are. And guys, we are born into sin. We are born into a fallen world. We are imperfect beings living amongst imperfect beings. And so it's really, really difficult to go through life without having things put into our foundation that are not of God, that weren't built on God. And there's no shame in that. I think the majority of us in here could probably say, yeah, maybe I didn't grow up in faith. Maybe I found Jesus a little bit later in my life. And so my foundations were built upon things that maybe weren't of God. Some of us in this place may say, you know what, I grew up in church, but man, my, my family had a lot of dysfunction. We weren't quite restored yet. On, but, and, and so that affected me. That affected the, my foundational years. And, or maybe you would say, hey, you know what, I grew up with an awesome family, grew up in the faith. But, you know, later, a little bit in my early years or a little bit later in life, I suffered a lot of wounds from the church or, or wounds in my faith. And, and that made cracks kind of happen in my foundation. Whatever it is, trauma. Um, different things that you've gone through, whatever it is that has caused cracks in your foundation, the Lord is here to restore. And his word to you is, he is restoring those broken places. That's got to encourage someone in here. That encourages me. You know, I can speak for myself, guys. I, I, I mostly grew up in the church, but man, I did not grow up in a perfect life situation. And there were a lot of cracks in my life. And, and even though I came back to the Lord in my early 20s, there was a lot that he had to work on in me. And when we got married and started having kids and the pressures of life began to come in, the more weakness I found in my foundation. But the beautiful thing about God is he doesn't throw it away. He doesn't say, oh, well, too bad. No, he goes in and he redeems and he reconciles and he restores. And actually in Revelation... 21, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but in Revelation, it talks about how he's going to come back and he's going to restore heaven and restore earth and, and he's going to wipe away every tear and right every wrong. But do I, you know what I love about the scriptures? He says, I will make all things new. And not only does he say I'll make all things new, he says this word is trustworthy and true. We serve a God who is trustworthy and true. And you know what? We may not see the fullness of that restoration until eternity, but you know what? He's going to do it. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. We will taste that in our lifetime. But you know what? Sometimes we may not taste some of the fruit of that restoration until the generations to come. So, you know, we, Jade and I, the Lord has healed a lot in our foundations. But the beautiful thing is now our children are tasting the fruit of that. You know, our children are growing up with a firmer foundation than we grew up with. And then their children's children are going to grow up with an even firmer foundation. And it's just going to keep going from generation to generation because we serve a God that blesses to the third and fourth and fifth generation. So be encouraged today. He is restoring you. Amen? All right. The second word I really feel like the Lord put on my heart today is this word that says, it is time to partner with what the Lord is building into this house. So the great builder is not only working and building our lives for the sake of just our lives. He's building our lives because he's building his church. And what the work he's doing in you, he's also doing in his people collectively, the church. He is building something specifically even in this house in Midtown 
And I believe in the weeks and months to come, we're going to hear more and more and get greater revelation of what it is he's doing here, the reason he specifically planted us here, and the work that he's doing in our own lives that blends in with the work he's doing as a whole. So there are three main ways, you guys, that we partner with God in this. Now, God's the builder, and it would be really easy to say, like, oh, sweet, God does all the work. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to have my little drink with the umbrella, enjoy the sunshine, and just call it done. Not how it works. <laughs> we get to participate with God's work in our life. And it's actually a privilege. It's actually one of the benefits of being his children is that we don't just sit back and watch him do it. Daddy calls us into the, into the thick of things and says, hey, let's do this together. So there are ways that we partner with God and his restoration in our lives individually, but there's also ways that we intentionally partner with God with what he's doing in this house. And these are the three things I want to break down for you this morning. The first one is encounter. So it's encounter, formation, and mission. But the first one I'm going to hit on is encounter. Encounter is literally defined as a coming upon or a meeting with. So to encounter is to either come upon or to meet with. Does that sound familiar, Acts 2? We've been in that book quite a bit. The Lord has an encounter for us in this house. Every time we come together, he wants to encounter us. And he wants to encounter us individually in our secret place with him. When we go and we stow away and we have that quiet time or maybe that stillness or that prayer time with him, he wants to encounter us in those moments. But he also wants to encounter us in this place when we gather together, whether that's at the park or in this building or somewhere else. Anytime people come together in his name, there he is and he wants to encounter us. There's many examples throughout the word. And actually, that would be a great study if anybody wants to take this and run with this in your personal time. But studying God encounters. When God encounters people individually, what did that look like? What was happening? What was going on? What was he saying? What was he doing? And when God encountered people corporately. And what the beautiful thing is, is that's how the church was birthed, you guys. The church was birthed out of an encounter corporately where people came together. Now, there are ways that we can participate with encounter. Like I said, it's never just come and sit back and we don't strive. And that's something I do want to say, you guys, it's not about us striving to make something happen. It's not about, oh, if I come and I do this X, Y, and Z, God's going to do X, Y, and Z. No, 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 no. It's not about striving to make things happen, but it is about participating. And two ways we participate. Number one, we show up. Show up. <laughs> Guys, if we don't show up, then there's not a people gathered together for God to encounter. When we read in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, where were they? They were in the upper room gathering together, praying and seeking God as he instructed them to. They were together. He poured out his spirit. We see that on and on and on through the, books of, the book of Acts. Every time the Lord encountered them, every time the Lord moved amongst them, they were together. They showed up. Guys, we got to show up. Now, I want to I create kind of a healthy balance with this, all right? Now, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. So I grew up where every time the church door was open, we were there. My mom made sure. 
We were there. So Sunday morning, we were there. Sunday night, we were there. Wednesday night, we were there. Cell groups, we were there. When we had the big speakers come in for the special things, we were there. When we had the conferences, we were there. When evangelists would come through, we were there. We were always there. When there was a big church outreach, we were there. We were always there, right? Now, that's one extreme, right? But I think now this day and time, we're dealing with a different extreme, which is Church has now become an option amongst many things. If I feel like it, I'll go. If I'm up for it, I'll go. Um, if, I, if, 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 if I feel like God's got maybe something for me today, I'll go. But it's an option. It's no longer something we're called to. And guys, today I just want to bring us back to center, where it's not about striving. Our attending church, being there every time the building's open, doesn't earn us something in heaven. But guys, when we come together, God is in the midst of us and he has encounters for us and he has things that he wants to speak and he wants to do, but it requires a showing up. Now, a point that I forgot in first service, so I'm going to make sure I bring it up in second, is it's not just showing up, but it's also pressing in, guys. It's not enough just to come stand in and just be like, no. Hear me out. There are moments, guys, where you do need to come in. And you know what? The fact that you showed up, that's a miracle in and of itself. And I want to give space for that. But there does come a point in our maturity in the Lord that we go beyond just showing up. And we now become people who press into what God is doing. We become people who begin to sense, hmm, Holy Spirit's here. He's saying something. He's doing something. He wants to speak something. God, how do I partner with that even more? Maybe it's pressing into worship. Maybe it's pressing into prayer. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's going to your neighbor and finding out what's going on in their life and speaking a word over them. But, but it's, doing, it's taking another step beyond just the showing up, and it's the pressing in. So we have to show up and press in to those God encounters. And that is one of the ways that we participate with what God is building in this house. Now, encounter's not it. That's not the end of the story. We have another way that we participate in what God's building into the house, and that's formation. Uh, A story that I shared is I I used to be an avid runner. I used to love running. I went to high school and college. Running was like the thing. We had to do field tests, and you were always running. And I was a cheerleader, so they made us run all the time. We had to, like, run and do our chants and do all this stuff. So I have, like, incredible lung capacity because of that. Very thankful. But as I got a little bit older, mainly as I started having kids, I began running less and less and less. And then I had twins. And that was it. (laughs) I had my running shoes up because I was running after four kids and two little ones. And there was no time or energy or strength or anything left. So for years since having the twins, I just stopped running. Well, then one day um, I got this bright idea. We got a gym membership and you get like a free meeting with one of the trainers at the member at you know at the gym and so I met with the trainer and I was like he's like what are some of your goals and I was like you know what I would really love to start running again I haven't done that in years it's something I really enjoy it's a great stress reliever I feel like God speaks to me when I run and he's like okay he's like well how long has it been and I told him he's like okay he's like well here's my advice he goes you can throw on the shoes and start running again and trying to get back to where you were on your own He said, but I think what would serve you best, what would keep you running further and longer is that you take some time to strengthen your muscles. Go back to some of the fundamentals. 
do some weight and strength training. Get those knee muscles and his leg muscles strong again. Get your ab muscles strong again. Because what happens is if you just throw yourself out there all out of shape, you're, you're subject to injury. And then a lot of times those injuries just take you out and you won't run ever again. But if you'll be diligent to slowly get back in, but to give yourself to the fundamentals, give yourself to allowing those muscles to be formed back in you again, and then sticking with it, then you will be able to run stronger, harder, further, and longer. Well, this is formation in our lives. You know, we all want God encounters. We all want the gifts of the Spirit. We all want to participate in some of the awe and wonders of who God is. But those things alone are not enough to sustain us. What sustains us is the formation that's being built in our life. We see this in the body of Christ in Acts 2. Um, I'll go ahead and read it since Jade read it first service, so I didn't read it, but I'm going to read it this service. Acts 2, let's start in verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. These were some of the practices that the early church started. And this isn't all, but this is a good starting place. They devoted themselves. They allowed themselves to be formed more into Christ through their personal relationship with the Lord. Through biblical teaching, sitting under, coming and sitting under the teaching of the apostles. And at that time, you know what the apostles were teaching? They were teaching the life of Jesus. They were reminding of what Jesus taught them, the Beatitudes, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, all those things. They were just sitting under that day in and day out. And you know what? They never graduated beyond it. Guys, we don't graduate beyond the fundamentals of who Jesus is. That sustains us. That's where we're rooted. And that's what happens in formation. Devoting themselves to the fellowship with community. Coming together in all their differences and all their uniquenesses and their, and, their, and, their and their diversity and their different languages and their different backgrounds religiously and their different backgrounds educationally. All of them came together with all of their differences and sought after Jesus and communed with one another. They took care of one another. They made sacrifices to make sure that each other were taken care of. They devoted themselves through the breaking of bread and to prayer. So these are just some of the things that they did day in and day out. And you know what? It sustained the church and it gave the church longevity throughout history. So formation, you guys. God doesn't only want encounter for us, but he wants us formed into the image of his son so that we're not just living from encounter to encounter to encounter, but that that long obedience in the same direction is building a muscle inside of us that is able to sustain. It's building the walls and the four by fours, and it's putting all the things in our life that will help us sustain the trials of life because it will rain, it will pour, the wind will blow, all those things will come against us. But our house, when it's built on Christ, our foundation, and it's being built by God through formation and God encounters, it will sustain through time. Amen? So where encounter is experiencing, receiving, and responding to the love of the Father, 
both individually and collectively. Formation is the key to longevity in Christ because it is what will build within this church a stability and a sustainability in God. But we don't end with encounter and formation. There is a third piece. Guys, if we just stopped at encounter and formation and just let God build his house and build us and we're good to go, the gospel and the church would cease over time. We are here today because of Matthew 27, 18 through 20. Matthew 27, 18 through 20. This is what we call the Great Commission. All authority and power has been given unto you. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Acts, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, he's given us power to be witnesses in all the earth, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. It has never been meant, this faith of ours, this building of our lives, the building of the church has never been meant to just keep a people confined away from the world. It's actually always been meant to be a city on a hill, a light on a hill, a city for people to see, a refuge for the broken, for the hurting. That's the purpose, guys. Mission. God has also called us to be a people of mission. The Great Commission is still the Great Commission. God has not changed his mind. He's not gone back on that scripture. It is still just as important today as it has always been. A lot of us will sit back and we'll see, you know, the scripture that says, man, look into the harvest fields. Man, they're, they're, they're ready. They're ripe for harvest. And we're like, oh, yeah, look, man, the harvest field's ripe. But God today is saying, let's go beyond looking and let's find our place in the harvest field. Guys, it's time that we find the place where God has called us. Maybe you're a mom and you've got, t- you know, you've got kids and you're like, yeah. When is, like, the mission field supposed to happen for me? Your mission field is right there with other moms and kids at the playground, at the grocery store, running into people. That's opportunity. Maybe you, your workplace is your mission field. Wherever God has set you in your neighborhood to be a light, be a light and a witness in that place, whether that's globally or locally. You know, the church has survived generation after generation after generation after generation not only because of encounter and formation but because somebody took missions seriously somebody realized that there are people out there who may or may not know the name of Jesus guys those of us who've grown up in this nation we're we're blessed I'm telling you I've been to places around the world where they don't even know who he is and yet he's called every tribe and every tongue to know and to worship his name. So in this place, some of you guys may be called to the global mission field. Maybe your mission field's here locally. But either way, we are all called to be participants in the Great Commission. Encounter information mean little if it's not drawing people, all mankind, into the house of God. So if encounter is meeting with the architect in order to receive the wisdom of his love. And if formation is the slow and steady work of the Lord building on the understanding that is given to us through the life of Jesus, then mission is knowing that the same God that is restoring and building up our lives in the life of this church has also commissioned us to be a light in dark places. Amen?
Church, today, as followers of Jesus, we're not only called to partner with God in the building of our own lives or just the building of this church. We're called to the long haul for the church. Yes, we're just a speck on history's line. But the things and the choices we make today affect the church of tomorrow. And so what you do matters. God's restoring your foundation, those broken places, it matters. You partnering with the life of the Spirit and encounters, it matters. You showing up and pressing in, it matters. You giving yourself to Jesus and saying, okay, form me, make me into your image. I'll participate in the different things you've given me and the disciplines to, to be formed into the image of Christ. And yes, I'll be a witness in this earth. Guys, it matters. We have received a gift from those who've paid the price, who said yes to encounter formation and mission. And then there will be those in the future that will reap that same gift from us. If our communion people will please get prepared. You guys, I believe God's, God's got some special stuff for this house. I just sense it. How many of you guys sense? I don't know if you were here Wednesday night. Man, guys, if you weren't here Wednesday night, I'm sorry. It was so good. Guys, this place was almost completely full with people who were just going all out in worship. I mean, I have not tasted something like that. It's been too long. It's been too long. Worship and prayer. And guys, what, we've, what we touch on a Sunday morning is just a little bit. It's just a little bit of what God has. He has more. There are greater depths to who he is that we can't even imagine. And it's not held off. He's drawing us in. Come in. Come in. So let us participate with what he's doing in this house. Not just for ourselves for all the people he's wanting to bring in. Guys, he's wanting to bring in the hurting and the lost. Guys, he's wanting to bring in the broken, the grieving, God, the, the Republican, the Democrat, the person who's maybe a little confused about their identity and unsure of who they are, the prostitute, the drug dealer, the person addicted, the person addicted to pornography, the person who can't get a hold of their gossiping tongue, everything that people deal with, they, the Lord wants to bring them into this house. And the more that we participate with encounter, formation, and mission in a pure and humble way that just is saying yes to all that he is, the more those people can come in and receive so much of what we received. Let's be that people. Let's participate with the builder who's building this house. Amen. Amen. What a good timely word. I, I feel the provocation of the Lord as Christy shares this message. I feel the Lord provoking me in a really fresh and a really new way as God is building something here. I don't want to build according to my own pattern. I don't want to build according to how I think things need to be built. God is very specific. God is wanting to build something deep and enduring and life-giving that will outlast us and it will be for more than us. And so here's what I'd like for us to do. 
our ministers of the table, I'm going to invite you just to go ahead and set your elements down, but you can stay up here because I don't want you to be holding that for the next five minutes. Friends, I want to call us, I want to call us to encounter right now. We're going to sing this song. We'll let Jonathan take it wherever it goes. But can I, can I appeal to you right now? This is not just some part of a formula that we have scripted out that the parts of our service are not just a program, that they are opportunity moments. They are opportunity spaces for us to encounter the living God. And what I want to appeal to every single one of us as God is doing something really special and unique, and, and we're just getting started. I'm just going to say it like that straight up. We're just getting started. God has an encounter for you today individually, but he has something special he wants to do amongst us as a people. And part of that is learning how, like Christy said, learning how to participate. Lord, how do I enter in? How do I worship you beyond the barriers and the limitations of what I've known? And friends, let me encourage you. You can just ask the Lord, teach me how to worship you. Teach me how to be a worshiper. Teach me how to break through my limits. Teach me how to sit longer. Teach me how to plunge deeper. Teach me how to give you more of myself. Teach me, oh God, how to be unrestricted and unreserved. Teach me how to go into the deep places of your presence. So if you're able to, I'd like to invite you to stand this morning. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray two things. I'm going to pray, number one, that those cracks in the foundation that Christy mentioned, that the Holy Spirit would even go right now, that even now that he would go into those deep places of our heart. Would you agree with me on that? God, would you go into the foundational parts of our lives? Lord, even all the way back when we were in our mother's womb, God, the family environment, Lord, our origin story, our genogram, our family tree, Lord, go all the way back. Places of rejection, places of abuse, places of negligence, places, Lord, where we just picked up bad habits and we just picked up bad bad ideas about life and about ourself, words that were spoken over us. Lord, we invite you right now to come and to rebuild the foundation of our lives. But we also invite you, Holy Spirit, right now, Lord, to make us a people of encounter. Make this a house of encounter. Make this a house, oh God, where the presence of God is so tangible, where the water levels of hunger, Lord, teach us how to be worshipers. Teach us how to worship beyond and above ourselves. Lord, to give ourselves to you unreservedly, without restraint. Lord, I pray that you would peel away the scales from our eyes and that we would have a fresh revelation of the beauty and the worth of Jesus. And God, I pray that you would teach us how to respond appropriately. Build a pillar of worship in this house, I pray right now. Friends, I invite you to worship the Lord before we come to the table. Let's go. This is my desire.